Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and those who don't identify as either, you are listening to Ratchet and Respectable with Demetria L. Lucas. You know what? I didn't say this in last week's episode or earlier this week. I'm sorry. Happy Pride. I hope y'all have a beautiful month full of, of rainbows, community, and shenanigans. I need, I am going through it. My voice sounds better. I feel better. I, I be hacking all night though. Like I can't get a decent night's sleep for anything because like the cough is good during the day. I can actually record the podcast without like halfway choking. Last week's edit was brutal because I had to edit all the coughing out. But today I just did the ad so far. So good. I'm not like wheezing for breath. But geez louise, I can't get a good night's sleep for anything on earth. This happens to everyone when they're sick, right? Like you can like when you're recovering from sick, like you could be okay during the day, but the nights are brutal. That's what's happening to me right now. Pray for my sleep. Pray for my sleep and my sanity. My personal black suit is is coming upon us sooner than later. I have kept a running list of things that I need to do because a lot of the stuff can't be done like far in advance. But everything is just starting to like pile up now. I'm just like, wait, what? And in between like today and this exit, like there's there's so much to do. The real problem is, is I don't have a lot of downtime. 
I'm going to ABFF next week. I think I'm like 90% sure on that. And then I think I might be going to Essence. I know people are like, you know, you cannot go to ABFF. You cannot go to Essence. It's work paid in USD right before I'm moving to another continent. Mama needs all her checks, especially because mama is putting out like a ton of money right now. I told you I paid for the apartment. I had to pay my lease in full before I move in. That's just culturally what they do because I had to call and ask around. And I was like, are they trying to like get me because I'm American? And they were like, no, that's like standard. You also got to pay your electricity and gas up front. There's no like, oh, you're going to use it and then we're going to bill you and then you're going to pay. Like, no, 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 no. You, you pay. And if you forget to re-up, re-up. I've been watching The Wire again. But if you don't re-up, like your shit will get cut off. And I was like, they send like, you know, notices, right? And they were like, you know, you can check it on your phone. Speaking of which, I have to buy a new phone. That's another expense. I have an old iPhone that I usually use when I travel. I just pop in the SIM card for whatever country I'm in and I'm good. But again, it's an old phone. Like the technology's outdated. But since I'll be relying so heavily and for a long period of time on that phone, on the backup phone, I want to get a new phone. And I'd plan to buy all of these things. Like I have a list. I have been saving. I have a budget. Like I'm within budget. Like I'm good. I have the money to do the shit that I need to do. I just, you know, hate spending it. My beloved laptop is, is going on to see the king. It is slowly dying. This is my favorite laptop. It's a MacBook Air. It's from 2015. This thing has never failed me. I didn't spill coffee on this thing. Remember when I had, um, was it sciatica or shingles? Because I had both. But I got like a, a sharp jolt of pain. I was drinking coffee one day and I got this sharp jolt of pain. Lord God, that was a stressful time in my life. No, I had shingles and the pain would like flare unexpectedly. So I was like drinking a cup of coffee. I just had this flare of pain and like dropped an entire cup of coffee on my laptop. It happened twice. But my boo, my laptop stood with me, stood strong. But it's been seven years and, and my baby is tired. So now I have to replace my laptop, which I knew was going to happen. I plan to do it. It's not like I can't get any of these things in Ghana. They're just way, way, way more expensive. Customs fees and taxes. I was like, let me just knock this out before I go. But there's just like so much stuff. The moving costs. Prices have gone up. I was trying to use the same movers that I used to, to move out to L.A. just three years ago. And everything's like at least three to four hundred dollars more. And I'm just like, I guess I didn't have like furniture then, though. But even just like the baseline quotes, I'm just like, damn, I guess gas is like, you know, six dollars a gallon in some place that would play a factor still. So, yeah, there's just like so much going on. A lot of big events coming up this week. I think I have something like literally Thursday, Friday, Sunday, Monday, and then I'm supposed to get on a plane to go to Miami on Wednesday. Plus, I got to do the podcast. So this week is pretty much like a wrap. And in the middle of this, I'm still trying to secure all the, the pieces necessary for this TV project that I'm working on. It's a lot. And I can't sleep through the night. Ugh. But here we are. What's going on this week? There's only really two things I want to talk about. Because the whole internet is talking about these two things incessantly. There's got to be more than just this. Let's talk about Megan first. We're going to talk about Lori Harvey and Michael B. Jordan. Don't worry. And we're going to talk about John Gray, who has allegedly cheated on his wife a third public time. Sir, you got to stop cheating. Like, you're not good at it. And I doubt like every woman that he cheats with comes forward. But I was like, aren't we on like three in, in five years, sir? Come the fuck on. How many times are you going to cheat on this lady? Megan and Harry went back to the UK. This is not the first time they've gone back. Remember, you know, my phrase, release the fabric. I came up with that for Megan the first time she went back to UK. Ma'am does practice fashion diplomacy. She would show up in some good fabric, a lot of it. 
some flowing shit in bright colors, she will make sure you see her. In a, in a good crown with an old nasty tilt, Megan will give you a moment. But she and husband, I'm calling Prince Harry husband like all he is is an accessory. But, but Prince Harry and his wife, the Duchess the Meghan, they went back to the UK. I want to say, is it for the Queen's Jubilee? I think this is to celebrate the Queen's. Don't get me to lying. Okay, so they went, they went over to the UK for the Platinum Jubilee. They took the children. When I was just Googling this now, I saw that they just released a picture of Lilibet. That's their daughter. To celebrate her first birthday, she's a cutie. I expected nothing less. She also does have red hair, like father and big brother. I know y'all gonna look this up because y'all black. Most of y'all. Lilibet is about the same complexion as Archie, in case you were wondering. I'm gonna save you to Google search to see what color the baby is. So this jubilee was to celebrate Queen Elizabeth's 70-year reign. 70 years is a long time to do anything. I know Charles is sick of her. Like that man been waiting his whole life to be king. His mama, I should not say that. I was going to say his mama just won't die. I'm sober. Oh my God. Excuse me. I can't believe I was about to say that. But Harry and Meghan went over. Now, the only thing I've been paying attention to is Meghan's outfits. I don't care nothing about anything else that goes on in the royal family. But I'm reading on Harper's Bazaar. It says the Duke and Duchess made their first official UK public appearance since stepping back as senior members of the royal family. So this is the first official one. And they attended the national service of Thanksgiving, which is very different than American Thanksgiving. I mean, they don't celebrate that there for which should be obvious reasons. But they attended the national service of Thanksgiving, honoring the monarch, that would be the queen, at St. Paul's Cathedral. And Harper's Bazaar notes that Duchess Meghan wore a dazzling all-white look from Dior. It was couture featuring a long trench coat and skirt made of wool and silk and an organza shirt. She finished the look with ivory pumps and gloves, also from Dior, a floppy hat by Stephen Jones, and diamond stud earrings. Bazaar's description of this look made it sound bland as fuck. Ma'am did step the fuck out. Like, she stepped. I saw the video, and I posted it on my Instagram page in case you didn't get a chance to see it, but I saw the video of her and Harry walking into the cathedral, Ma'am is in cocaine white. Her Stephen Jones hat is on an old nasty Tracy Chambers from mahogany type tilt. The earrings are not diamond studs because I'm looking at the pictures and they're glistening from here. Like, baby, those are rocks. The ivory pumps, what they call an ivory. I'm like, y'all might need to adjust your screens. That's cocaine white. But ma'am did come through and ma'am did step and stunt. There's a video of her walking down the aisle. Them British biddies in the background are gagging. They are turning to one another. They are elbowing. They are whispering like they are in awe of the half black excellence before them. They ain't never seen no shit like Megan. Megan already had that Hollywood CNBC. She knew how to put it together for a red carpet. But honey, but honey, you done gave this woman a center aisle to walk through with a cathedral? Ma'am stunted. Ugh. And walked. You know, black people take walking very seriously. Like it's up there with like, who did the body? And she and Harry, they, they walked down, they were holding hands, and there was like some um, center thing. I don't know if it was a fountain or something, but it was something they had to walk around. But like Harry went one way and Megan went another, and they got back together. They snatched up each other's hands like they were magnets. I loved it. I loved it. Megan doesn't really say much these days, but she shows up and gives you a moment. She, she shows up and lets her outfits and her demeanor say a thousand words. She had a little small smile. It wasn't smug. I saw people refer to it as smug. She might just be happy. Harry looked a little frustrated. 
Harry didn't look as happy. Harry wasn't just trying to be diplomatic. Harry looked like he'd be ready to knock all this shit over if Megan just said the word. That nod that y'all keep saying Jada Pinkett Smith gave the will, that's what Harry was ready for. All he needed was a nod. He smacked everybody in that bitch. Stop playing with that man's wife. That man packed up his whole life and moved to America because y'all was fucking with his wife. Y'all could have had some young royals with some oomph, some personality, some energy. Instead, y'all got William and Kate. Y'all pissed off the cool kids. They left y'all. If I know I got options was a couple. If I ain't putting up with this bullshit was a pair. Look, they got up from the table when love was no longer being served and racism. This lady came on my page. I was talking about Megan and praising Megan because I really like her. But under the, uh, the caption on my page, this woman came. She made a long announcement, too. And she was like, I've followed you for years, but I've had it. Like, it must come to an end for my sanity and yours because I just cannot take your support of Jada and now Megan. Just push folks over the edge. Black woman supports black women. Not blindly. If I thought Megan had done some crazy shit, I'd be like, Megan did some crazy shit. Just like when I thought Monique did some crazy shit. Like, you know, Monique did some crazy shit. I call shit out when it needs to be called out. But this constant harping of, of Megan is this woman who tried to destroy the monarchy or, or force Harry to leave. I'm like, that grown-ass man didn't want to leave. He would have said bye. People get divorced every day, B. If he didn't want to go to America with Megan, he wouldn't have gone. She didn't force him. You cannot force grown people to do shit. Now, grown people might make choices that you don't agree with, but that doesn't mean someone forced the grown person to do those things. There's probably a really good article to be written about Jada and Megan. You need a third person to like make it into quote unquote a trend. I don't know who the third wife would be that everyone hates, but largely the reason that people hate Megan and Jada are like the same thing. They think they emasculate their husbands for whatever reason people have decided to attribute their husband's decisions onto these women. Aisha Curry, she's probably the third wife. Sierra, they hate for different reasons. And Aisha is totally considered emasculating Steph because she talked about wanting attention one time. Because she was like, people like clamor for her husband. And she was like, she feels like people don't even notice her. But people run her through the mud because of that. There's a worthy article to be written about what's considered to be emasculating. And really, like, if you're not a woman who's like damn near genuflecting before your husband in public, you're considered to be emasculating. Like having your own job, making a decent living and expecting to be like in partnership as opposed to be in a state of submission. People call it emasculating. It's the most bizarre. Actually, it's not even bizarre. It's just misogynist. It's sexism. Like folks hate women, especially women with options who have opinions and God forbid say no. And I don't even just mean to sex. I mean like to marriage, Lori Harvey. Um, we're getting to that. We're getting to that. I promise. Um, is this episode all about relationships? I think it might be. Holy crap. That wasn't intentional. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good and then a bang in the night and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home and I can tell you, I know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, 
indoor or outdoor. You can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings. But I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Unwind with Tasha K. You remember Tasha K. We don't need to go into her backstory. But we've talked about Tasha K before. I think the last time that we spoke about um, John Gray, he is a pastor of a church. I refuse to call him Pastor John Gray because I don't think his behavior is befitting of such. Last time we talked about John Gray, Tasha Kay, I don't know what she has against this man. Or better, why the people who have something against this man keep going to talk to Tasha Kay about it. And there's nothing wrong with Tasha Kay per se. But it's just like, you know, this is the second John Gray story about his, you know, philandering that she's broken. The last time his, um, his that mistress, that was Mary, she shared video of, of John Gray on, on FaceTime talking to her. He had his son in the back seat. He was complaining about his wife didn't cook. And then she had another video where he was, you know, promising to make her, was it baked beans and brisket? And I was like, sir, sir, how you complaining about your wife don't cook? She's serving the kid frozen pizza every night. But you talking to your mistress trying to make her baked beans and brisket. Your child need to eat. You can make baked beans and brisket for your mistress, but you can't make it for your baby. That's a problem. On multiple levels. He's talking about flying old girl out. Okay. So that happened. And John Gray does what John Gray always does. You know, he, he's had public meltdowns, public apologies. I remember there was some video. I want to say he was visiting T.D. Jake's church. He started crying. There was some talk about him wanting to commit suicide at the time. I don't remember all the details of this shit. You know what? Let me look that up because I think that's, a, that's a, one of those accusations. Let me make sure I got that shit right. T.D. Jakes, John Gray. Yeah, okay. I didn't make that up. This is from January 7, 2019. I'm reading this on ChristianPost.com. Again, there was video. I remember this. Bishop T.D. Jakes rebuked a spirit of suicide from fellow megachurch pastor John Gray on Saturday, just days after Gray revealed he had been contemplating suicide. This is a quote from John Gray. He said, quote, I literally thought about how I could end my life and still get to heaven. 
and somehow my kids would not be scarred, but there was no way I could figure out how to do it. And I'm not the only person that thought about that. I'm not the only person the devil attacked in that area. Okay. Look, I, I take suicide and suicidal ideations like very seriously, but I've talked a lot about depression. I've talked about having suicidal ideations. My marriage and, and the separation process were, were brutal. And someday I may go into the finer details of it all. I think I'm ready to talk about it finally at this point. Like emotionally, I'm fine too. But I don't know. I just, it, I just want to move the fuck on, you know, because I know if I talk about it, then it becomes a conversation that people want to DM me about and come up to me in line in like Walmart or Target or Nordstrom Rack. You know, I love my discount stores, but folks really do come up to me in line and want to talk to me about like the most intimate personal shit. And I'd be like, girl, I'm just trying to buy this luggage because my zipper broke and I, I got a, I a flight tonight. It's just very jarring when people just come up to you with like no buildup or whatever. Literally, that happened to me in line at Nordstrom Rack. Like, oh, my God, aren't you the girl that left her husband? Largo, Maryland, Nordstrom Rack, January 2018. I was like, I was mortified. And I was like, I'm just trying to buy this luggage. The woman was like, oh, where are you headed? And I was like, oh, I'm going to Mexico. And so she was like, oh, are you going to help with the floods? She meant Puerto Rico. Moving on. When I talk about John Gray talking about suicide or suicidal ideations, I just want to make very clear that I'm not trivializing anything that has to do with suicide or suicidal ideations or depression um, or mental health because those are very serious things. That's it. Last time that there was a story about John Gray cheating, and when I, when I say story, I'm referring to articles because he acknowledged it. He talked about suicidal ideations. I guess maybe a few months after the story had cleared up, he wrote this uh, open letter. I saw it on Facebook. I don't know if that's where he originally posted it, but he wrote this open letter to his wife and he said that, you know, her disrespect came in public. And so, you know, his praise for her should come in public too. And he talked about how he was going to be a better man. I guess this is another one I need to read, too, because these details are important. John Gray, open letter to. Oh, it's a long ass letter. I forgot how wrong this thing is. He's a minister. Ministers like to go on at length. So he posted this beautiful picture of his wife. This is on his real John Gray Instagram account. I'm, I'm reading it from the Instagram account. I'm reading it from Instagram. So I assume this picture is still up. And just to note, it is from. Oh, you know, Instagram don't give you dates. It says 82 weeks ago. He says, a few months ago, I sat down from leading at Relentless. My life wasn't in order. Church isn't first. My wife is. This is my wife. She is from God. She is a life giver. She is a kingdom builder. Her name is Aventer. I met her at church. She was worshiping God through dance. Over time, she allowed me in her life and let me dance with her. She took my ring and said yes, and we began our forever journey. What my dance partner didn't know was that I was very much unfinished. I never knew what consistent discipline, planning, leadership, manhood, or personal holiness in action from a man's standpoint looked like. Why the fuck are you married? Keep this part in mind when we talk about Lori Harvey getting married at 25. Okay, back in. Quote, I failed to uphold the holy standard of God in my marriage, and I'm sorry. Although you are the only woman I've ever slept with, emotional unfaithfulness is just as wrong. Sin is sin. People want to minimize one sin over another when it can all get you sent to hell. So I'm skipping over some stuff. He says, quote, I started intense counseling, personal and for my marriage, in the summer. Scariest thing ever. Most necessary thing ever. I had no one to blame. My life is my responsibility. Admit you're wrong. God deserves better. My wife deserves better. The pain I caused her is immeasurable. Seeing her name in blogs because of things I did broke my soul. So since I was the cause of public embarrassment, let me be just as loud about public honor. Aventer, you are a miracle to me. I am sorry for the pain I have caused you. 
Your name should have never come up in any conversation in any negative way with anyone ever. I must do the work to earn your trust. 82 weeks ago. He's literally in the same place he was then over a year and a half later. This beautiful message, you are a miracle to me. I'm sorry for the pain I've caused you. Words only. He says, I've lived a life I'm not proud of in so many areas. But before I die, I will be the man God intended and the husband that your heart can rest with. Before you die. Sir is like 40. You, you got like another 40 years. I mean, I mean, he's a fluffy man. So maybe like 30. But like, sir, you can't get it together before then, before I die. How about now? How about sometime this year? Didn't live up to that. Okay. He says, I am in the process and I will stay in it. May the man I am becoming match the vision God showed you. I love you. Beautiful words. Beautiful sentiment. Apparently meant absolutely fucking nothing. Because uh, last week, last week, Unwind with Tasha K did a, had an interview with John Gray's latest mistress. I'm going to define an affair the way that he does. He says that he's never had sex with anyone else. He, he admits that he had an emotional affair. He says that that was wrong. He says that sin is sin. It's all the same. It can all get you sent to hell. So he's had another emotional affair. This time it was with a virtual masseuse. And I had to figure out, I was like, what the fuck is a, a virtual masseuse? Apparently they do video sessions, maybe pleasuring herself. I'm not sure. But from her version, he is, in fact, masturbating on camera with her. It's safe sex. You, we could say that much. At least he ain't bringing nothing home. He's not exposing his wife to disease. I guess we can find, you know, some upsides here. But he's been jerking off with this, this woman on the Internet. He's been promising to, like, buy her clothes, cars, houses, whatever. I didn't watch the full Tasha K interview. I saw somebody else recapping it. I guess Tasha asked her, she's like, well, you know, did, did he buy you any of these things? And she was like, no, he just says all this shit. And then like, as soon as he comes, like he forgets. She was like, before he comes, you got to make him go buy some shit. Like you basically you hustling backwards. Which I, and I was like, you know, if you hustling, if this is the job, you know, you might be good at getting in the bus a nut. But I was like getting a, a real check off of it, sis. Like you, you're not good at that part of the hustle. And so allegedly this woman has video of a Pastor Gray um, beating his meat. And I was like, girl, I'll pay you not to release it. Keep that shit. Keep that shit. I don't want to see that shit. I don't want to see that shit. The rest of the internet doesn't want to see that shit. And you know what? I don't like to tell people to get a divorce. I don't think that's my place. I usually only say it in situations where there's, there's clear-cut abuse. And I used to limit that to physical abuse. But I think we're also going to have to like throw in some emotional and mental abuse, too. You consistently, because at this point it's consistent, you consistently cheating on your wife and, and it becoming public knowledge and, and embarrassing yourself and your family and have people out here, self-included, talking about like, is your wife okay? Wondering about her self-esteem because she stays with your bullshit. I at least hope she's getting some good dick out this situation. She ain't getting fidelity. She, she got to be getting something. I mean, she got a Lambo. That was for the first time he cheated. Mary and the baked beans was after the Lambo, right? Hold on. So the last one happened like two years ago. So that's what, 2020? John Gray buys Lambo truck for wife. Oh, yeah, that's from 2018. So, no, he bought her a $200,000 truck in 2018. I think they said it was a gift for the couple's eighth anniversary. But it also did come very quickly on the heels of his first cheating scandal. So he bought her a Lambo truck then. And then he cheated with this other lady where he's on video. We got caught on video complaining about his wife. And then now 
less than two years after that last situation, he out here cheating again or getting caught cheating again. I'm like, did you ever stop the first time? Sir, sir, sir. Lady, what you doing? What you doing? And I would just guess from the way that he apologizes to his wife. I am a man who has fallen short and I've embarrassed my wife and people are questioning your name and speaking negative. I'm going to assume based on the language that he that he uses, that he puts out here, the public apologies that he makes. I'm going to guess that his wife, that they don't have an open relationship and that his wife is not cool with this shit. Because I would guess if they had an open relationship and his wife was okay with it, he just wouldn't say shit. They would just go on and do what they do. He would just go on and address the church and, and, and say what he needs to say to try to keep his, um, his position as pastor. How much money is this man making? And I'm going to say this, like I said the last time, he don't strike me as that bright. I'm convinced his wife is the brains behind the operation. I was like, sis, if you don't pack your cat and your kids and go and, and just go build your own brand. Look, the last few days, folks been talking about her husband on the Internet, dragging his ass and they bring up her name. Everyone knows her name. They don't call her by that. They call her Avenue. They call her Anthropology. They call her uh, Avarex, Avalanche, anything that begins with A. You know how we do. We do the same thing with Karuchi. We wouldn't call that girl by her name for anything in the world, but we all knew it. Everyone knows her name is Inventor Gray. You have a brand, sis. You have a brand. People know who you are. She can build it separate than him. The, the work that she puts in dealing with her husband, being a coat that's two sizes too big, because that's what he called her. If you see me talk about his wife on Instagram, I usually call her a North Face, but it's because her husband called her a coat. Got on national TV and was talking about his wife, his wife is a coat. This two sizes too big. And I want to say that same interview, Sister Circle, show been off the air for years. That's the first time I was introduced to John Gray. He said his wife was a coat that was two sizes too big. And he also said he's caused her more pain than she endured in childbirth. And he said that shit with so much joy. It's like a husband causing his wife pain and she's endured him. Like that was, that was a sign of love. And I was like, are y'all some sick dysfunctional shit? I mean, yeah, shit happens in relationships. Like there's, there are emotional times. Like people do cause each other pain. Like it happens, but it's not something you should take pride in. I've caused my wife more pain than childbirth and she's stuck by me. It's like, it's a point of pride for him that he's done these horrible things to his wife and she just won't fucking leave. That's supposed to be a sign of love. It's a sign of low self-esteem. That or no access to the money. Sis, 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 you're the brains behind the operation. He never could have made it to be a mega pastor if he didn't have a wife on his arm. I mean, before all his shit started blowing up, before, before his forced errors started having people look at him crazy, he never would have gotten there without you. He never would have gotten there without his wife. That woman is an asset in his success. His success. She is her own brand. She got two kids by the man. She ain't going to leave broke. And again, that's the point I was getting at. All the emotional labor she puts into him, if she could drop that shit and focus on her own self, she'd be bigger than he ever was in less than three years. Even facing the uphill battles of sexism and misogyny in the black church, she would be bigger than him. And it'll make a hell of a statement. But I don't think people should use their personal lives to make statements like do the things that are best for you, which is what I probably should say about this woman in her marriage. It ain't my marriage. Like, you know, I don't believe in putting up with this level of bullshit. I left for way less. I mean, crazy shit, but a different kind of crazy. My proper stance on this really should be, well, it's her life and her marriage, and she knows what's best for her life, and she should do what she sees fit. But I'm just tired of watching this man embarrass this black woman like this. Like, I remember the first time he cheated, she got on stage, and she started talking about, like, being his rib 
and rib meant rest and brokenness. And I was like, girl, I grew up in the church. My grandfather's a pastor. Like, I ain't never heard no scripture about rest and brokenness. Cite that. Cite your sources. What book, chapter, and verse are you referring to? There's no rest and brokenness in the Bible. And she started talking about some strange woman attacking her marriage. And I was like, I mean, the woman might have been strange to you. She wasn't strange to your husband. He was calling her. She wasn't a stranger. He made sure to meet her and made sure to dial her number. She's trying to defend her husband and defend her marriage and say, people are telling me to leave my husband because the devil attacked the little boy inside him. I mean, she was saying all sorts of shit trying to justify this. And I was like, girl, sit down. I was like, you saying all this crazy shit trying to justify this man and keep your husband. Just stay and be quiet. You ain't got to come out here and try to justify the shit for us. If you ain't going nowhere, then just don't go. But don't come out here trying to say crazy shit, trying to convince us of why you staying. Just stay. She didn't do that the second time, though. Remember she was like attacking Derek Jackson? Was it Derek Jackson? Am I remembering this shit correctly? How was one pastor involved in, in this level of drama? I'm a goddamn heathen who loves tequila shots. I don't have this type of drama in my life. How are you a pastor with this much drama? Not even like shit's happening in your church. Shit's happening in your home. I didn't mention the video that John Gray did this time. It was essentially a preemptive strike because the story was coming out. He made a video, and this is why I brought up uh, him saying before that he had suicidal ideations. And I read that what he posted on his Instagram about being like a broken man. It's also why I brought up what he said on the Sister Circle interview. But he's been saying for years that, you know, he is a broken man. In this most recent interview, he said, I am a broken man. Things happened to me as a child. He was sexually abused as a child. He talks about this in the video. He talked about his suicidal thoughts again. He talked about being broken. He talked about being unhealed. And I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. Acknowledging that, that you are broken, that you are unhealed, that there is something wrong with you is, is a good chunk of the battle. It's half the battle. Yeah. The other half of the battle is actually getting healed. He's been doing the same shit and saying he's been doing the same thing and using the same excuses for it for years now. I'm very sorry that terrible things have happened to you. I'm very sorry that you were in a negative place. I'm very, very sorry for that. It does not give you the right to keep cheating on your wife and publicly embarrassing her. Also, and I want to be clear on this, I don't need a pastor who is perfect. I don't understand how he's still a pastor. I don't understand how a man who like every two years is like, I'm battling these demons. I'm not healed. I'm not basically not fit really to be a husband, but definitely not to lead like a flock. I'm not saying he won't ever be such. There are plenty of ministers, Malcolm, not a Christian minister, but a minister nonetheless, it all counts. But there are plenty of ministers who lived, um, you know, very interesting, fraught, problematic and criminal early lives. And then at some point turned their lives around and were able to use who they were as part of their testimony, as part of their ministry. They were able to say that, you know, I was this person and I was living this way. And so I can relate to maybe some of the things that you're going through. Maybe this is not the time for John Gray to be pastor. Maybe this is not the time for John Gray to be husband. We've been talking for five years about like literally the same shit. I'm like, you're not progressing. And, and I'm the first to say healing doesn't happen overnight. But five years, five years. And literally doing the same shit. It's not even like you went and found different shit to do. Like I stopped, I stopped emotionally cheating and, and publicly embarrassing my wife, but now I gamble. You're not even doing new shit. 
doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result, which I'm not even sure he expects a different result. I think he might like the shit at this point. Getting caught cheating might be part of his personal kink. I just, I'm baffled. I wish him life. I, I wish whatever is going on with him, whatever demons he's clearly facing, I hope that at some point he's able to progress in his healing because right now I'm not seeing any progress. My deepest and most sincere and genuine sympathies are with his wife and children. I can't imagine what being married to someone who, who repeatedly cheats on me is one thing to get cheated on. That's one part of it. But then for the whole world to know you did it a third time, like you start to look at the person being cheated on like, what's wrong with you? It's not even necessarily about what he does anymore because that's not shocking. It is like, oh, he cheated again? Again? It's the again. It's not the cheated. But then people start looking at his wife and like, why are you putting up with this? Like, are you there for the money? Do you have low self-esteem? Like, is he holding something over you that if you try to leave, it's a problem? Like, girl, blink twice. And it's sad because it's not her fault. She didn't do shit. She's just not doing shit. And people are like, what? Self-included. I'm like, girl, how much you gonna put up with? I'm doing it and I see a lot of people doing it and I'm going to point out that that's not right because the last thing that somebody needs when they're going through a situation like that, like you out here trying to mind your business, raise your kids, do the mundane shit that keeps a household running and then your husband be out here acting a whole donkey. That's not something she did. It's not a situation she caused. Even if there's a fraught relationship in the house, like there's other ways to handle it than going out and a, a virtual masseuse that may have video of you whacking your dick like ill, but it's not his wife's fault. He's doing, doing this crazy shit and there's not um, a win for her in it because even as much as like I sit here and be like, girl, what are you doing? Like you have to go and you could build your own brand and you could do whatever. Divorce is hell, but if you can get through it, there's a lot of life and peace and sanity on the other side of it. But she would have to go through hell in order to get away from him. And then if she doesn't leave and she just stays and sits up in this shit, like in addition for people looking at her like, girl, what is you doing? You're also living with this motherfucker who clearly has no respect for you. He barely has any for himself. You're a whole pastor of a really big church. You had a show on own. You're a recognizable national figure. Like you putting yourself out here like that? You don't give a fuck. He would be stupid for doing that if he was married and a mechanic working in some East bumfuck town in Texas. But you a whole national figure with a recognizable face? Married pastor of a mega church who's been caught cheating twice before publicly? Sir. She's in hell one way or another, whether she stays, whether she goes. At least if she goes, there's light at the end of the tunnel. Marriage-wise, I don't know how much better this situation gets. Grown folks can make the choices they want to make. Ah, that's not a life I would like to live. It ain't my life. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now, open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. 
No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Moving along, we need to talk about Lori Harvey and Michael B. Jordan. And this is less about Lori Harvey and Michael B. Jordan than the reactions to Lori Harvey and Michael B. Jordan because people have lost their ever-loving fucking minds. Over the weekend, People Magazine announced that uh, Lori and Michael had split after just over a year of dating. There's been no public acknowledgement of the split from either Lori or Michael. Lori did delete all of his pictures off of her Instagram immediately. Lori's father, the Mr. Steve Harvey, he acknowledged the breakup. You know, he joked that he was team Lori, which, you know, as his daughter, I wouldn't expect anything else. But he also said that, you know, he has nothing against Michael B. Jordan. And, you know, he said he still thinks he's a nice guy. In the People article, according to sources, the issue was that Michael B. Jordan wanted to progress the relationship further. It implied that he wanted to get married and she didn't. Again, and I said this about Jada Pinkett Smith and people kept saying like, well, sources say Jada said. And I was like, sources saying doesn't mean shit. Who is the source? So they could have broken up for an entirely different reason than the whole internet is speculating based off this People article, which is, again, that she didn't want to marry him. I think it's worthy of pointing out that she is 25, he is 35. Folks have lost their goddamn minds. Let me tell you my perspective on this first so it doesn't get muddled in what I'm about to say after this. Sometimes shit just doesn't work out for whatever reasons. Like, it doesn't have to be something big and explosive. Like Sometimes you just get sick of people. Not anything in particular. Like sometimes you just like, yeah, I thought this was a thing. And yeah, I'm just not feeling it anymore. It is better to figure that out before you are engaged. Definitely before you are married. It could be a case where neither one of them did anything particularly wrong. They just weren't on the same page. Which isn't hard to believe when you're talking about a man who is 35 and a woman who is 25. It's quote unquote only 10 years. But it is a vastly different life experience. It would totally make sense to me if just, you know, the age difference caught up with them. If he was in a space where he wanted to be married, I recently, I recently read that he bought some big, beautiful million-dollar house. Um, I expected that an engagement was coming. I don't know if I talked about him buying the house on here. I talked about it on Instagram. And we all kind of thought that, like, oh, he's nesting. He's been in this relationship for over a year with a woman that he seems to be madly in love with. I know some people said they thought the relationship was a contract or a PR stunt. They had too much chemistry for that. I like Michael B. Jordan. I've, I've talked about how much I enjoy Michael B. Jordan's films, um, particularly Creed. He's, I mean, he's good, but he ain't like Oscar level yet. Where he can fake that level of interest in somebody consistently for that long? No, no. You told me like a Chadwick Boseman or um, what's the dude, Lakeith Stanfield, uh, Blue Blanket. You know, my mama called that man Blue Blanket. Um, Damson Idris. If you told me one of them were like faking a relationship for over a year, I'd be like, yeah, I can see it. Michael B. Jordan. I thought their relationship was real. I thought they were adorable together. I thought they were a very cute, sexy couple. I liked their chemistry. I, I don't know. I'm actually sad that it's over. When I first saw the news, I was like, no, because, you know, like as a, 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 a fan watching it, like I was invested in it to that extent. But I'm not out here like hurt, like you know, like my friend and her husband, whose wedding I attended, they're breaking up. It's not that. It's just like, oh, it's, it's kind of sad. I enjoyed them. It's kind of like the end of your favorite TV show. That's how I feel about it. But people, lots of people are having um, fucking insane 
reactions um, to this breakup. I, I've read insane shit. I saw this, uh, this Facebook post from this guy, and he was saying how Michael B. Jordan, he treated Lori that the way that women say that they want to be treated. And he, you know, spent all this money and he went all out and he supported her projects. He bought all these flowers and he did these big gestures only for her to fuse marriage, which again is sources say neither one of them have said anything. She was just in it to raise her profile and celebrity and she used him. And I was like, are people aware that women can can say no, that you you don't have to accept a man's proposal, that you could date someone and like actually enjoy being in relationship with them and then also still not be on the same page with them when it comes to moving the relationship to another level of, people like to say commitment, but another level of responsibility because commitment makes it sound, oh, it's like, you know, he's more committed and he's more in love and he's more whatever. Like, that's sweet. That's that's cute. But also talk about the other part of it, which is a, a higher level of responsibility to take on. Women are allowed to say no. Like, thank you that you have treated me well because you, you're supposed to. That's not like a bonus. Like, like treating someone well is basics. Now, admittedly, he did some big birthdays and he did some big Valentines. There was a lot of money spent. I also like to point out to you that that man is like a multimillionaire. When I looked it up earlier today, he's worth about 25 million. And it's not like he went and individually put each fucking flower into the building and arranged it. He called an event planner who called a florist and and wrote the check for them to go do some over the top shit. It's not like he actually labored for it. And in no way am I trying to discredit the lovely gestures that he made for her. He spent good coin. But what we consider like, wow, that's like a whole lot of money. I mean, yeah, because none of us are getting paid $10 million a project. Like, he, ha- he spent a lot of money, and yet he also has a lot of money. He, his version of, like, I'm going to rent out this aquarium and, like, fill it with, like, all the flowers in the city of L.A., leave the flower market barren. It's not like, you know, he spent his last. It, it might have it been a pretty penny, but it's, it's the equivalent of, like, a regular worker dude buying, like, a double bouquet and taking you to a good restaurant. He has the money. It's a very sweet thing that he did. But like to act like he spent his last, like he broke his bank and gave her when he didn't even have for himself. Like it wasn't like that great a sacrifice, people. Like let's just put it in perspective. I just want to put it in perspective. He bought her flowers for Valentine's Day and and they went on a nice trip. And then he did some stuff for her birthday. That's sweet. She also did shit for him, too. It's, It's not only like he has money and she's some broke destitute girl that he like, you know, picked up from the projects. Her father is Steve Harvey, not her stepfather. Her legal father is Steve Harvey. Lori also has had her own clothing brand. She's also had her own skincare line. She also does appearances. And I have no idea how much she gets paid for those things. But it's not like Michael B. Jordan went and found some broke chick who couldn't do for herself. This idea that like I spent all this money on you while I was dating you, while I was in love with you. And then now you won't marry me and it's a problem. It's like, were you spending it because you wanted me to be happy? Or were you spending it because you were trying to buy me? What is this mindset? Like, thank you for loving me when we were in love, but things are not working out. And like, I'm not obligated to stay with you just because you bought me shit. She's not a prostitute. She's not on an auction block. Like, what the fuck? That's what I've seen largely from the guys. I've seen the, oh, she's for the streets for everyone. I would like to suggest to people that just because you don't want to marry someone or you don't want to be in a relationship, it doesn't mean you want to be in the streets. It doesn't mean you want to be a whore or, or act like a man. Same difference. 
because men only police women's vaginas. They don't ever be talking about like, oh, he had sex with six women in one night. No one calls a man a whore for that. Men can date who they want to date. Future has dated so many people and dropped a baby with almost every one of them, except Lori Harvey. And no one calls him a whore. Nick Cannon keeps making babies. He's on like 10 or 11 at this point. Even after he said he was going to be abstinent or, or at least wrap up, is he even pulling out at this point? I don't, I don't even think so. I've never seen anyone call Nick Cannon a whore. People ask, like, what's wrong with him? Like, why does he keep having all these different children with all these different women? Um, but then people also make excuses for him. And they're like, well, he can afford it. So what difference does it make? Can he be actually involved in each of these children's lives? Like, maybe if they were in one house, but they're spread out through multiple households. Even Nick Cannon has said that it's, you know, it's challenging for him to, like, keep up with all his children. And yet he keeps having them. And yet no one calls him a whore. Lori Harvey, because we know a few people that a 25-year-old woman has dated. She's 25. What the fuck else is she supposed to do? She just was able to drink and drive. She was bored before that. All she could do was date. People have problems with that. From the bitterest of middle-aged women, I was like, yo... I talk about Lori and Michael. I was like, oh, they're a cute couple. They're fun. I compared it to watching my favorite TV show. They were a good watch. The bitter shit I have seen from women my age, we should not be this invested in Hollywood dating shenanigans of a 25-year-old. But the stuff I have seen grown-ass women, I mean, like 40 and up, say about Lori Harvey, just because allegedly, because sources said she didn't want to marry Michael B. Jordan. I saw this woman. She was like, she will regret this for the rest of her life. She will never find a man who's better than Michael B. Jordan. Who could be better than Michael B. Jordan? She will always regret this. She'll never find someone who loves her like that. She'll never find someone who wants her. She may never get married. Just crazy shit. Because she didn't marry this man at 25? At 25? Also, have you fucking seen Lori Harvey? Have you seen Lori Harvey? She's going to be all right. If she could maintain her looks, she could even slip a couple notches. She'll still be fine. And in the dating and love department. And even if she wasn't, it's not like she needs a husband as a come up to maintain her lifestyle. Her father is Steve Harvey. People feel like keep forgetting that. All they see is just like, oh, she's just a pretty girl. She's just a socialite. She's just a random. In the sense that we're all God's children. But all God's children ain't got daddies with a hundred mil. She'll never have to worry about money. She'll be fine, people. Married or unmarried, she'll be fine. And I'm sorry. I'm very sorry to, to my 40 plus friends. If you dated some guy in your 20s and you thought you could do better and it turned out you could, I'm really, really sorry that that happened to you. But to go and to project that onto somebody else's life is bitter. Is, is bitter as fuck. And you need therapy. I say that with so much love. But you need to get through so you can get past and get over in that order of whatever happened to you. So you're not out here being a crazy middle-aged lady on the internet dragging some 25-year-old because you regret the decisions that you made. Make peace with that. Or hell, go find somebody. Like this woman really wrote this long rant. And so she was like, given the options of, of black women in this world, like she needs to know that when she finds a good thing, that it's not going to come around twice. Girl, I don't look like Lori Harvey. I don't now. And I, I didn't when I was her age. I still got options. Domestic and international. She'll be fine. Don't don't let that that mindset of lack this that that uh that cult leader bullshit that is just he wasn't the first to say it. 
he said a lot of the worst misogynistic shit that's always been said about women, but he made it more comfortable for people to say out loud and not just out loud on the internet, like out loud in like dating profiles and like out loud on dates and shit. I'm going to tell you that cult leader did a number on women, a number. It's not just the random stuff that he would say on the internet. He did a incredible disservice to black women's self-esteem and listening to that shit day in, day out about how worthless you are um, as a woman, if you are over really 25, if you don't fit into a very cookie cutter, white supremacist really, version of beauty, then you are worthless and you're undeserving of, of not just a, a partner, but undeserving of, of love, basic respect, care, protection, anything. You're, you're worthless, period. Worth nothing. That shit did a number on a lot of people and you, and you could see it play out. And I've been in the dating and relationship space for the better part of 20 years. But the way that black women think of themselves now is a huge negative shift from the way it was when I started in this business. It's bad. It's so bad. And it was bad before. Like, I, I remember every single college that I ever spoke at, either the first or last question without fail would always be, young women, because again, college age, who would be asking me about their fear of pursuing, I don't want to rank them this way, but it's kind of true, but like a high-end degree. So something like engineering, even political science, um, anything that was considered like smart, really, definitely going to grad school or law school. But people, but women would constantly ask me if, you know, if that would decrease their chances of and these black women would ask me if that would decrease their chances of like getting married or having a boyfriend because, you know, men don't like women who have MBAs or go to law school or are considered too smart or smarter than them. I, you know, I got into XYZ school and I'm afraid if I go, then like, you know, I'll never get married because, you know, guys don't like women who are too ambitious or make too much money or blah, blah, blah. And this was like 15 years ago when girls would say this stuff to me and it's just gotten worse since then. Before it was like almost like a fear of ambition. And now it's like a fear of being anything other than submissive. Of playing into this very narrow idea of what is attractive to men. And they, they want men, husbands. It's become like a social marker. It's like buying a house or buying a Mercedes. But they very much want husbands. And not because they need somebody to take care of them. Because they have degrees and they make good money, they're self-sufficient, but it's like they want that validation from a man finding them worthy enough to marry. Also, I would like to take this opportunity to point out that nearly everything people say about Lori Harvey is projection because Lori Harvey doesn't say shit. The most controversial thing Lori Harvey has said is that when she was trying to lose weight, she consumed 1,200 calories a day and worked out twice a day. And I point that out to say that all the shit that people are projecting onto Lori Harvey about, about everything even prior to this breakup, but specifically about this breakup is your own shit because we have no clue what Lori Harvey's goals, dreams, passions, values, morals, ambitions are, nothing, because she doesn't talk. She ain't you. She ain't me. And that, that she ain't me, that's specifically why I made that point earlier when I was talking about John Gray's wife. I keep saying, like, you know, she should leave and she should go and she should whatever. And I'm like, she ain't me. She ain't me. All my thoughts about what she should do are through my prism. She could have a whole different prism. 
But whatever it is, I just want to know what it is. I was like, sis, what are you in this for? It's not my business. I'm just asking a question. I just want to know, like, why are you, why are you staying? Is this like some Christian shit? Like I took vows and I will stay with this man until death do us part. If that's the case, he about to run you through worse through the mud. Is it about the money? Because if it's about the money, you can get that on your own without the headache. You probably make more. Do you really just love this man? I mean, and, and do you really just love this man? Like that's this, this is like your person in life, which could be. It's like, I hate to break it to you that you are not his person. Because if you were, he would not be doing the shit that he's doing. Is it that, you know, you see him as broken and, and you want to fix him? Like, it, that's, I, I, that's, that's very sweet. That's, that's very sweet. But you can't fix a broken person. They have to want to fix themselves. He has acknowledged for years that he has a series of problems. I, I cannot see any progression. But again, I don't live in the house with him. I do know that he keeps doing the same shit over and over and over. We're on year five of this shit. Maybe your tolerance level is much different than mine. And that's, that's fine. I don't know. But I would really like to know, like, why the fuck she puts up with this shit? That's just the curiosity. That's just curiosity. I'm just like, I just want to know for like my own personal, like, why are you there? After all this shit, why are you there? Is it the kids? Because the kids can see this shit is crazy. He was like, oh, I stayed for the kids. The kids know it's some bullshit. So that is the episode for today. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. We didn't cover a lot of topics today, but we covered a lot. If you've not picked up your merchandise for Ratchet and Respectable, thankfully, there's not a lot left. Y'all have helped me clean out this warehouse. I greatly, greatly appreciate you. But there are some things left. If you've not picked up your merch for Ratchet and Respectable, if you do not have a Don't Waste Your Pretty mug, if you do not have a Cut the Check shirt, tee, or hoodie, or an Interest in Men Act Interested shirt, tee, or hoodie, I think there's just like literally five Ratchet and Respectable t-shirts left. And they're all size small and they're green. Those are available. But if you have not been on the site yet, I implore you, please go to DemetriaLLucas.com. Pick up your Ratchet and Respectable or Don't Waste Your Pretty merch. Help me clean out this warehouse before I get on this plane to go to Ghana. We will talk again. I don't know why I feel like today is Friday. It's only Tuesday. We will talk again on Friday. Okay, bye. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. 
or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.